Hi guys, welcome to the third episode of our podcast, It's Thrilling. I'm Sophia. I'm Morgan. And this is going to be the beginning of like a kind of new-ish format, I guess, as well as uh, the way that we're going to roll out podcasts. So we're going to be bi-weekly, at least for now, until our schedules clear up a little bit. And then we're also going to try to Keep it conversational while also hitting on a few key points of our movies. And our movies this week, by the way, they are... This is Sophia's idea. (laughs) She wrote me into it. I'm glad she did, though, for the most part, kind of. Uh, We watched Frankenstein, the original, 1931. And Young Frankenstein, 1974, with Gene Wilder, directed by Mel Brooks. I don't know the stats of the 1931 movie, because I... (laughs) don't know anything about 1930s cinema Me i mean either. i know some stuff like the stuff that i had I know to the watch history of like film. the classic hollywood style but not really anything of like substance i've watched of. some like older i know there are a thousand writers on every movie that's all i know <laughs> like i had to watch some 1930s and 40s movies the birth and TV of a nation and, Citizen you know Kane. let's not talk about Citizen Kane. <laughs> Do you not like it either? I don't no, like Citizen Kane. No, I mean, I'm immediately enemies with anybody who says Citizen Kane is their favorite movie. It was like the first year. Because they're trying so film school, hard. And it was like, everybody go around and say their favorite movie, which is number one, I just hate that question in general. What is my favorite movie? I don't know. I've seen thousands of movies. I can't. It's like saying to my like I don't chicken or turkey. I just I like both of them. That's true. That's a weird metaphor. I don't know where that came from. The point is, um, if your favorite movie is Citizen Kane, I think you're that's unoriginal. A little, <laughs> it's a little questionable. I just I, I do. Do you like that? Like it can't be. You have to write me an essay before you. Before dude, you say like that. like even the first Transformers is a better movie. Than dude, Citizen Kane. I mean, I get the importance of Citizen Kane. I think, in general, I think I'm just saying directorially, it's not what I'm... <laughs> cinematography wise, it's it's fine. But why you gotta it's come for William Randolph Hearst that way? Yeah, I'm not gonna like watch that for enjoyment. <laughs> you know, I'll watch Citizen Kane for a lot of different reasons, but yeah. none of them is gonna be for like. I'm just chill, like Netflix and chill. I would never be like, oh, Citizen Kane is on Netflix? Thank God. <laughs> Can't no, wait to that rewatch never that one. Um, that was a little bit of a rant. <laughs> I mean, I get I get how you feel about the classic Hollywood style 1930s It's important movies. to understand. I don't need to like watch a lot of yeah, them. I agree with you there. So those are our two movies for today. We're going to get into those, but really quickly, there are some news things that happened this week. Last two weeks. Yeah, the last two weeks we were gone. Um, So the most recent one is Peter Mayhew, who portrayed Chewbacca in all of the Star Wars films, I believe, except Solo. He died tragically. Or, I mean, not tragically. But he died like in his. It's like, not like he... in his old age. Like it's not yeah. like there was an accident. But okay. yeah, his health has been had been declining for a while, and so it was just it was his time to go. So he died on on Friday. I don't know a ton of his other movies, to be honest with you. I don't know what else he was in, but but I do know that my dog is named Chewbacca. Yeah, and so obviously. He has a place. In, yeah, he in does. The heart. He does have a place. I mean, I, I say, 
I yell Chewbacca or the word Chewie multiple times a yeah. day. So, yeah, it's sad. He he did such a good job of putting emotions into that character, and it that must have been really hard to do when you only have <laughs> the can, growls and, like, the guttural, you know? Can you imagine guttural, inventing you know? the sounds of Chewbacca, It's though? crazy. Of, like, Wookiees? Like, how, how do what do you call that he language? He created the Wookiee language. Um, fun fact, he had the choice of being either Chewbacca or... Darth Vader. Oh, and so we could have got a really tall Darth Vader. So we got, <laughs> That's what you're telling me. He, he almost was Darth Vader, but instead he decided to be Chewbacca. I'm and glad he did. Good for him because now he has film roles yeah, later. true. Because if he chose to be Darth Vader, it's not like he could be yeah, in the exactly. new Star Wars movies. Exactly. So he really uh, had the money pot <laughs> idea I know, good for him. One. Good for you, Peter. If only he had a price or um like a piece of all the merchandise and oh my figurine god yeah. sales they really got screwed on that yeah of historic well wise. way back then yeah. uh george lucas like he really knew like that's how he made a lot of his money on yeah. that and he, the action figures the little toys like he specifically really built star wars so he could market it yeah. for toys and action figures and at the time studios weren't really thinking about that stuff it wasn't on their radar so they were like oh yeah sure you can have this Disney's piece of the like... pie <laughs> no now it's like disney would be like over my dead body disney's like <laughs> eyeing it from the side like i see what you're doing there yeah so rest in peace to peter mayhew thank you for all that you've done and i will he will be missed as a part of the star wars universe so, Definitely. the next big thing, Sonic the Hedgehog. The trailer came out this weekend. People were not pleased at all with the design of Sonic. I feel really bad for the animators <laughs> because they pro- these animators probably were complaining to higher ups being like, are you <laughs> sure this is what you want to do for Sonic's design? Sure. And some producer was probably like, yeah, this is fine. This is what I want. And they were, and now they're just going to have to like hurry and scurry to figure out within six months how to change the design of Sonic. So basically, the director came out and he was like, since all of the Twitter backlash, he was like, okay guys, like I've seen that you don't like it, so I'm gonna have my animators go in and redo it. Six months, like crunch time. So, I mean, that's so... Ugh, that's so well, shitty to do to your... I should have talked to my dad's girlfriend about this because she's an animation producer uh-huh. on a higher level, and I'm sure she would have had a lot of interesting things to say yeah. about rehauling a movie in six months. I will say I agree with you on the point that the animators probably were like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Because, I mean, because clearly... The design of Sonic, I mean, that was decided early on before... like, keep it... Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, it's iconic, and then also, when it comes to production and animation, like, they... Like, they set it up early. so many character design sketches, and they chose, like, they chose what they went with, and why it is that they thought they could just redo... Hedgehog's like like Sonic's look without getting any criticism whatsoever is crazy. But I saw this really funny picture. I think it was from Twitter. Um, I didn't see it on Twitter because I don't go on Twitter. But it was like a screenshot of Twitter on Instagram, which is 
my domain. Comment on Instagram. Yeah, and uh, somebody was like, somebody basically, just some random person, some random artist redid Yeah, I, I think sonic. I saw that too. Yeah, the sonic pose. And like, they made his legs smaller and his head bigger. Yeah, just right? just made the limbs skinnier and yeah. the body. I mean, I mean, but here's the funny thing, though. I never was, I never really played a lot of Sonic and Hedgehog uh, growing up. I was a up. big Sonic fan. Okay, so I've never been a big Sonic fan, and I never understood, like, my entire life I've been like, that motherfucker does not look like a hedgehog. I think, <laughs> I've never, so at least when I saw, I mean, before I Does he saw even the look like a hedgehog in, in this movie, I though? Mean, no. I, no, I did think about this. I really intently looked at <laughs> thought about it and i do think the new design of he- sonic did look more oh like a my hedgehog God. i'm not like support i'm just saying that like maybe the director didn't grow up with sonic they, like no, but me. like they gave him a human body like um, do what pikachu is doing detective <laughs> pikachu and make the characters like I don't know. They did it so oh, well. Okay, okay, I guess I can see in one sense, like, if they tried to redesign Pikachu, I would be freaking pissed. <laughs> yeah, see, like, this is, like, yeah. P- your Pikachu is my Sonic. Yeah. I, so, no. so, I mean, I guess from that angle, it the idiocy becomes more clear. But at first, I kind of felt like, maybe this is a mistake I might have made. I don't know. Oh I, I've never played Sonic. But, yeah, no, I get it. Um, so our next, our next bit of info or news, I guess, is that the Game of Thrones cinematographer defended... (laughs) I don't know, that that wasn't even Game of Thrones. Yeah, Um, he defended the most recent episode for us. The new episode comes out tonight. Um, so his last, the last episode, the the long night. The third episode of season eight. Yeah. Um, and he said that people didn't calibrate their TVs right. In, I agree. <laughs> instead of taking responsibility for maybe how dark it is, I just think as a cinematographer, you mm. should be thinking about uh, the public no, no. when you're shooting something and not the art I and be watching it on so a regular much. TV <laughs> so that you know that that the rest of the world isn't going to see it on a movie screen or so, like okay. the rest of the world isn't thinking. Oh, I need to calibrate my TV. I need to go and buy an expensive 4K. I am like, so some people don't ready have those options. To or the disagree. Liberty. So many people are now watching things on their phones and their computers, and they don't have those options or the choices to do that. So it's it seems like are you should have you should have done? done something better. Like lightened <laughs> it up a bit. No. Okay. Here's how I. Okay, well, yeah, 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 whatever, blah, 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 I get it. Um, number one, if you're watching The Longest Night on your cell phone or laptop, you've already fucked up, go home. I watched number five two. seasons of Game of Thrones <laughs> on my iPhone. Well, well, you know what? Like, I, <laughs> you already know what I said. It stands. All right. So, that aside... I watched a Game of Thrones at my friend's place. Shout out to Cosmo and Kyle. Hopefully you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> I, I think they told me they listened to the podcast, so let's see if they actually We're do. We're expecting a text. Uh, th- this is the <laughs> trivia point, like if they, if they text me about this. Um, so I went over to their house and watched it, and they have a very big curved 4K TV, one of the, and... So we also streamed the episode straight from HBO's website. It wasn't like streamed through a cable provider. Um, when you watch things on cable, sometimes your cable provider will compress the signal and the amount of 
basically the spectrum of light that you can see within a film. Um, so anyways, what I'm saying is we went to great lengths to make sure we watched it like the ideal way it was supposed to be watched as the cinematographers created it. And as somebody who also has a background in cinematography and I've color corrected my own films, the thing is like I'm not color correcting so somebody can watch it on a potato. I'm color correcting to like what I'm seeing on a screen and I have no doubt that the people who color corrected this movie, or not movie, sorry, TV episode, were doing it on the best possible equipment with the best, you know, possible everything, everything calibrated correctly. And when I watched it, it was beautiful. I honestly was so confused when every, you know, how everybody's like, oh my god, it's so dark, I couldn't see it. I, I couldn't see it in the trailers. Like, I that's didn't understand crazy. what was like, going on. I was I couldn't confused. see the Like, I was so confused because when I heard people complaining about I didn't know what they were talking about because I could see everything just fine and it's because I watched it the way that they created it it's not not everyone has the luxury to do that though I mean you I have to take into consideration that some people do not have the money to do that <laughs> but I watched it at my tv because I rewatched it and I mean my I had the brightness on my tv I, I mean I just had to like readjust my and I don't have a 4k tv in my bedroom I just have, like, a flat screen, like, 45-inch TV in front of my bed. Um, and, it, I mean, maybe that's even nicer than what some people have. I don't know. But, I mean, it was even fine on my own TV. I just had to adjust it. Um, so, I'd say if you're complaining, I think this is a great awakening to the rest of the common world <laughs> on cinematography. And it's like, you know, you wouldn't listen to, like, a great new song that came out through like a crappy tiny little radio speaker and turn it all the way up and be like, oh, this sounds great. Yeah, but you, this, you is know, like, this is a television show. It's not a movie. It's supposed to be made for the masses and not for... But it's not. HBO has never made st content for the masses. That's absolutely incorrect. I think HBO exists because they do things that you can't watch on cable. HBO is its own thing for a reason. It's not ABC. Um, and they've really gone to great lengths in these past couple of seasons to up their production value and up their game. And uh, I fully support Go Hard or Go Home. I really still think that you should have kept in consideration <laughs> and watched the, watched it on a regular TV like most productions would do when you're editing. Anyway, moving from news, we're going to go into our movies. deals with the two great mysteries of creation. Life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. The first movie that we're going to talk about is Frankenstein. It's from 1931, directed by James Whale. And the screenplay is written by a whole bunch of people. And I really did not want to look into too much more of cinematography or anything like that because it just made me sad when I watched the movie. <laughs> so a brief synopsis of the movie is Dr. Henry Frankenstein attempts to create life by assembling a creature with body parts from various corpses. Helped by his assistant Fritz, he is successful in creating his monster. However, the creature is confused and traumatized and escapes to the countryside and begins to cause mayhem while Frankenstein looks to confront his creation. So, Morgan, what were your initial impressions of this movie? Okay, so I'm less concerned with the plot. <laughs> I mean, like, 
I think everybody kind of knows the basics of Frankenstein at this point. I will say it was cool to watch this one because, especially watching Young Frankenstein. <laughs> Did you watch that one first? Um, no, I oh, watched okay. the original and then I watched um, the sequel slash I did the same. parody after, which I think was the right way to do it. Yeah. Because there's so many references yeah. in the second movie to the first. But, um... Yeah, it was really... My, my biggest notes, I actually wrote down notes for this one. With a film like this from the 30s, you can get really molecular and see the fundamentals of filmmaking kind of coming together for the first time. You can kind of witness the creation of, like, the 180-degree rule and the basics mm-hmm. of an establishing shot and going from long, medium to close-up build-up because it was... A film. Yeah, I mean, film was in such infancy at the yeah. time. So... It's really watching filmmaking at its most basic level uh, before, you know, some of these other, like, kind of crazy flashy things that developed in editing that came much later. And it's kind of a reminder, at least to me, that so many people, I think, get carried away with razzle-dazzle and trinkets and CGI. But at the end of the day, if you have a... (laughs) Cough, cough, Michael Bay. Or, yeah, I mean, but I'm just saying, if you have a good story and you can get some clean shots, I mean, mean, it's really, it's a good reminder that a movie is only as strong as its story is. My other note was, to that same vein, there were certain things that hadn't been invented yet. For instance, in a modern movie, if somebody's, like, climbing up ten flights of stairs... You're not going to yeah, show you're going to cut away. Cli- right. The, the thing <laughs> but if, of them going up and down and up and down the stairs, right, is what r- you're talking r- about? Yeah, or so then in, like, the original Frankenstein, it's like, um, they hadn't really invented kind of, like, cutting action. So it's like at one point in the beginning, you see them, they're in the graveyard, and yeah. some guy's, like, lying a cigar and smoking. It's like, they show, like, the whole action of getting everything out of the pocket, lighting, yeah. lighting, relighting, smoking. Like, in a modern movie, they would have cut so much out yeah. of that. So they hadn't kind of figured out that you could cut out certain parts of the action, we'd still get what happened. Yeah. So in that sense, it was like a slow movie, but that's kind of how movies were back then. Going into my impressions, I actually, Morgan was really apprehensive to watch this movie, and I was more on board because I do like horror movies and classic horror is something that I haven't really looked into quite a bit. However... I did not like this movie at all. <laughs> Coming from somebody, me, who loved the book, this was just See, such I've a never, poor translation. Huh, I've never read the book. Um, so this is my this is my really my impression. The movie doesn't understand the meaning of the source material. It tries to go for a scary movie, but ultimately fails. I think that now it would be better suited for someone like Darren Aronofsky to film this um, and base it more on the book. Because he does such a good job with thrillers and and kind of complex. Yeah, Yeah. so I think he would do such a good job. So Shelley's book was far more scary because it dealt with themes of alienation and isolation in a more visceral way. It shows the fallacy of mankind um, being so so self-aggrandizing and the consequences that follow when you play God. The monster was a lot scarier in the book to me because we're seeing something that's so unpredictable and causes immediate and permanent damage to Frankenstein's family and his life. So it kills him er, in the end and his entire family throughout the process of the book to exact revenge for not creating a partner for him and leaving him alone. 
And the the abuse, and the science cost him everything. Yeah. Um, that doesn't really come through as much in, yeah. in the original Frankenstein. This at all, really. Yeah. In the book, it's the entire thing is the chase for the monster. His chase of the monster is essential to the plot of the book. It shows that it kind of drives the plot home where in the end his death leaves the reader to sit in discomfort and think about, oh, is this where is this where technology is going? Is this um, what happens when you when you start to take God and, and play with play with other things that are probably not what you should be touching. So it's it kind of just leaves you with a whole bunch of questions and I think that the movie didn't really do that. Um, as it was filmed in the classic Hollywood format of movie making, I think it's just um, the book is way ahead of its time, even for the 1930s, I think. So now I would love to see it like redone. I know there's one with Helena Bonham Carter in it, but I, I don't think it was that good of a movie. Is that The Bride of Frankenstein, maybe? No, I don't know. I, what think movie? It, I think it's called Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Oh, you're right. No, The Bride of Frankenstein came out before the 70s. Yeah. I, can't I think remember. that was like a sequel to the Frankenstein movie. Yeah. So basically, just this movie just took so much liberty and just lifted the bare bones of the plot to mm-hmm. make something that the in most the 1930s superficial, would be scary. They, yeah. I feel like they lifted the most superficial, obvious elements of the movie. For instance, yeah. that's what that's why the original Jaws movie is great, and all of the because sequels of layered, Jaws right? suck is because Jaws 2 and 3 and God knows however many else they made... Uh, I d- Probably just, more now. God, I don't even want to know. All the reboots that are happening. You, you know, they just uh, take the most basic surface level part, which is, oh, shark wrecks a boat. And, yeah. like, that's not what makes the original Jaws great. I'm such a huge Jaws fan, as you can tell. I literally watched Jaws, like, last summer and then immediately went for a swim in the ocean. I was like, this, with my cousin. We had, like, a whole Jaws marathon. Um, where we were like, I gotta do it. And then we are like, all right, time to go swimming. Um, this is, again, off-topic, but uh, I agree with your assessment. I have not read the full book, but I did it's my really research. really good. I did my research, at least, before coming to the podcast, and I read up on the book a little bit and kind of how it kind of jumps from, like, narrative points, I think, a little bit. and Yeah. Um, so I think that's cool, and it definitely, from what I saw, the book seemed a lot more layered, yeah. like you said. She was such a, she's such a talented writer. This was, this was kind of sad for me to watch. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, and also, like, any, like, prominent female writer from, like, that period of time is, is, you know, notable. But I will say, um, there's a couple of parts of the movie that I found funny. Okay. Like, for instance, uh, when Frankenstein sends his assistant to get the brain for the monster that they steal out of a science lab, he goes, and he brings it, um back or something he goes the brain is useless you must find another brain <laughs> like, like there's just like these really funny like <laughs> sound bites and i'm like that's how i feel oh my god all the time um but then also i thought something was really interesting from um so this it's obviously filmed in the 1930s you said that like a million times and yeah. so we're <laughs> i feel like we have goes, to <laughs> yeah well when uh, the assistant goes into the medical college to get the brain you hear kind of like what's like the end of a, a, a lecture, lecture to a full hall full of like white men. Yeah. And it's a white, yeah, but anyways, and all the college students are the, these like white guys are sitting 
And it, when I was in college, I took this kind of racial diversity intersectional classes for one of my general educational requirements. And, and they talked a lot about the history of racism and how there's periods of like a medical science where they would try to study the brain and find like, like physical things to blame racism on, for instance, saying, Oh, black people aren't as smart as white people because their brains are smaller. Um. And they, they, so any, but when they were, which obviously we know is false, False. (laughs) you know, like that's a terrible thing to like say or, or think or support. But when the hunchback was walking into the medical science, they're concluding a lecture, which is basically like, this is the brain of a criminal. It, and it looks, you know, the brain like looked more deformed. Yeah. And then, and then the brain next to it was like, this is the brain of a very smart man. It's yeah. like this perfectly formed brain. And almost, and they don't mention anything about racism uh, or, or race in that science lecture, but almost felt to me like that's the kind of like what they were saying in the lecture was exactly the kind of like fake science that they would say at that time period in our history yeah. to support racism. So it was kind of just like a weird moment where, where I was like, oh, this the is movie like dates itself. It really dates itself, and it wasn't outwardly racist, but I could sense racist right. tones and how they were talking about the brain. Interesting. But moving on into specifics, um, specific points, I have three that I wanted to get out, and then we can go back and forth, I guess, um, between you and your and my point. I think that the cinematography and the set design were just not the best. Well, it's the 30s again. I know. know. They're figuring it out. It, basically, at that time, movies it were just was a play. filmed plays. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know that, and I just, I need to <laughs> still say that it was just really just not fun for me to watch. It looks like a like a like a play, like yeah. a, like a middle school play kind of set design. Yeah. <laughs> like the graveyard was hilarious. Yes, I agree. Very comical. So, another thing was for me as somebody who really hooks on to writing, I thought that theirs was pretty lazy, especially with the source <laughs> material that they had, the plethora. I think you uh, dove into right. that one pretty deeply. So what? this is one of the reasons why, though. It relies on the characters to tell us how they're feeling instead of using dialogue <laughs> and actions. Okay. I still think like, you're, like, like he, he, What's his name? Hugo? He's just like, yeah, he feels sad. The monster is sad. And I'm just <laughs> like, okay, thank you for telling me that. Like, what? Again, I think we got to put it in the context of how they were still just figuring all of this out right you know I, I but one more one more note if i may the acting is if they aren't memorized but at all they sound like robert de niro on snl when he was doing robert Mueller. like he's literally just reading off a teleprompter and he's like that, that, I feel like that, a lot that, of the acting that. from back then is like so bad it, though. I mean, think about it like those like fifties movies. Oh, but, like, but no, but my lover. Like they, they like literally, the women when they were talking, they would just like pause at the most like awkward points in like the flow of their sentences was not correct. I was like, do you know how to speak? Like you guys are more eloquent than us at this point in time. Like why don't you talk like a normal person? I just, that was one of the things that I was just like, okay. I just think it all seemed very 1930s. It's all very, yes, I, 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 it totally I, is. <laughs> it totally is. But I just want to review, I want to review it as if I'm reviewing. Like, I want to review how and why I hate movie. this for these. Ex- I want to tell you exactly why I hate the, all of this. Let me just say, the one thing, I, I don't know, it had some comedic 
points in it, but I like didn't, the brain. I don't think they were supposed to be comedic, but like <laughs> they were funny to me. Well, so like, I think they thought at the time that movie was scary. Which yeah, is me too. Also, you can tell that they did. <laughs> you can tell. I mean, but also it's so hard. I mean. It, I don't think you and I can accurately judge this movie. I uh, yeah, I in, know. In a world where like paranormal activity exists, we can't go back the and watch nineteen thirty one Frankenstein and be like, oh, it's not scary. Like they didn't know anything back then. <laughs> they had never like they didn't. Know. I totally I totally get that, but just as I'm as, so glad I'm from if. this era. Yeah. You, you know, like some people are like oh like it should have been like in the eighties. No, bitch. Like, <laughs> I should be right now. <laughs> Wherever you are right now, just know that that's where you should be. Ooh, so, a little bit of Tumblr inspiration oh. coming at you. <laughs> so some funny things that I, I literally, I laughed out loud. The main character, his name's supposed to be Victor, but they Victor. give it to the hotter guy. I don't know, like... <laughs> Why? The they like add another character in oh my that's God. also a boy and that's they named right. him Victor. Like, yeah, he was hot. I was watching. I was like, like these guys, <laughs> like, I, that's the one thing. Even was- the hunchback is attractive. <laughs> like, he has facial makeup and a pretend hunch, but, but he's attractive. Again, the 19th story. They're not going to cast the actual hunchback in the 30s. I they're just could I was so, I was, it was so funny. The main character, he makes a huge deal about them needing to sit down and to not touch the body. And it's so important that you don't touch my work. And then as soon as the Victor is like, Oh, like, are you sure this is real? Yeah, he's he's like, like, come over here. I need to show you. You come and touch this body right now. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, bitch. Like, we get it. You know what was so funny is the father figure in that movie. The Baron. The, the Baron, yeah. So so Frankenstein's bride-to-be. Not the monster's bride-to-be. You know what's no. a funny thing is that for a long time, I didn't realize that Frankenstein was the name of the doctor. I always thought Frankenstein was the name uh, of the monster. Um, I'm not, I'm saying there's that's this, false. Wait, there's this one Tumblr meme, and it's like, his name is, his name isn't Ratatouille. Like, it's Ratatouille's monster. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because it's the same thing as Oh, that's hilarious. Stuff. See, that's, yeah, that's a good meme for me. <laughs> when you're a Tumblr person and you're like, his name isn't Frankenstein, that's the monster's name. Wow, I really want to never hear you use that voice ever again as long as That's I live. That's my pretentious girl okay. voice. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, yeah, the Baron. The, so, um, that he was so weird. Remember the end of the movie? He's, like, walking out of um, the room where Henry Frankenstein was recovering and... And there's all, like, the maids out there. And he, he's, like, like laughing. He's, like, with all the women. Yeah. And, like, just hitting on all these, They're, like, They're, like, making girls. him out to be a womanizer. Yeah. It was just so, like, it was so creepy and sexist and yeah. weird. Like, there was, like, I just felt a lot of racist and sexist vibes all throughout this movie. <laughs> of course. Okay. And then one more funny moment was when the monster and the little girl were picking flowers and throwing the leaf, the petals and he just looks hilarious. at her he just looks at her and he looks at where the flowers are and he just picks her up and throws her in the water I don't know how that kills the little girl, though. Because she can't swim. I mean, like, he threw her in, like, two feet of water. Yeah. (laughs) It was just hilarious. I mean, I got what happened, obviously. So Frankenstein's monster uh, is picking flowers with a little girl along a riverbank. And so we see the monster interacting with this little girl and, like, showing the signs of joy. 
And then all of a sudden the monster looks at the little girl and wants to throw the little girl into the water like they were throwing the flowers. And, and But what's funny is the monster kind of scurries away almost in shame or in guilt. Yeah, it's kind of like a Lenny thing from Of Mice and Men. Yeah, like, it, it, which, which I thought was interesting that they humanized the monster in I that think moment. they, well, they, in the book, he's a very human kind of like bare basic toddler-like emotions, but he has the strength of two times a man. And so, like, I think he kills someone, like a little girl in a rage, and then he just becomes so ashamed of himself that he just kind of becomes the monster more and more. So that's, I think, what it was alluding to. Got it. I'm excited to talk twice to the man. You're putting me on. No, it's pronounced Frankenstein. Do you also say Froderick? No. Frederick. Well, why isn't it Froderick Frankenstein? It isn't. It's Frederick Frankenstein. I see. You must be Igor. No, it's pronounced Igor. This is a great transition. Okay, best transition young ever. Frankenstein, which is he has a giant schlong. Yes, <laughs> okay. the man. <laughs> so, Young Frankenstein, 1974, directed by Mel Brooks, screenplay by Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder. Woot woot. Great, <laughs> great combination. I hadn't seen Gene Wilder in, like, that many movies. Like, Willy Wonka, obviously. Yeah. But I was trying to think of other, like, classic, iconic, like, Gene Wilder roles He's that I've seen at that time. He's in a couple of classics. He is. But it was nice to see Gene Wilder in, you a know, comedy, that... Yeah, like, in, in that time of his yeah. career in like this peak. movie. Yeah. All right, so here's our synopsis. Basically, this movie is a sequel to the original... It takes place where the main character, Gene Wilder, is Frankenstein's, like, who knows, great-great-great-grandson, whatever, and he's also a scientist, and the whole movie, or at least in the beginning, he's in denial, and, like, people keep asking him about his grandfather's research and the monster that his grandfather or, you know, great-grandfather, whatever, created, and eventually, throughout the movie, when he inherits his grandfather's castle where he created the original monster, he decides to recreate his work because he finds a book of the original scientists like how he did it how he created the monster um but it's a parody so it almost like re the movie almost like recreates the progression of the original frankenstein just with his great great grandson but comedically so and um one of like the most hilarious parts of the movie is he has this assistant who's this kind of like blonde damsel in distress kind of woman but like you know, like obviously really sexy and and at one point they're talking about how everything on the monster is like bigger than the man and the assistant goes oh, but sir that means he'll have a giant what was the word that she uses for dick in the movie yeah it was just I like something like it's that. just so funny and then at the very end of the movie um, they... Well, let's not spoil it. Let's I mean, go we're... <laughs> well, let's, let's first start off with, because that's, I think, one of my uh, funny okay, moments. Okay, so you want to talk about that. So All right, let's we'll, we'll get into that. go into specifics, um, since, since Morgan gave, like, a little bit more of a, a background on the movie. So, some sequences, I really liked this, were shot, basically shot for shot, original, from the original Frankenstein the graveyard scene, the brain scene, and then the mob scene going into the castle also with the, the scene guy's w- hand. Like, <laughs> they, 
That was funny. Which, what was another one you were saying? Oh, I was going to say, it also, like, it recreates the moment with uh, the monster and the little girl and the flowers. Right. Yes. I forgot about that one. Another thing was they had a really top-notch set design. Like, it pays just enough homage to the original movie um, by using the actual set from the lab, from the original, but also it adds more detail, like, in the castle and with costume design and stuff like that. Yeah, it was, like, a fully produced... Yeah. It's now the 70s. There's been 40 years of cinema behind the But, you know, it's not just a straight parody. Like, it's taking itself seriously, but also infusing comedic elements into the movie. Yeah, it's not like it's making it worse. Yeah. you, You know. Exactly. And then my last specific note on the movie before going into, like, the really the funny stuff is that Gene Wilder, he really kills it in this movie. You can really see, like, his talent from switching from such a dramatic, like... Totally. Totally, like, from deep in his soul, mm-hmm. like, in the beginning when he's shouting at one of his students, like, I am not a Frankenstein, I am a Frankenstein, like, blah, blah, yeah. blah, like, that is incorrect, and, and then, like, performances immediately from goes into comedy by stabbing himself with a scalpel. Like, he yeah. just is so good about about figuring out and navigating comedy and So many and modern comedians and comedy movies kind of, oh, it's always, like, they're always on. Yeah. Y- you know, and they're always kind of, like, acting a little stupid for, but, like, uh, like it's almost like a more of like a British comedy to me, like yes. like a more serious kind yes. of like you're you're finding humor from like the little like puns and interactions yes. between the characters. It's not like ha 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 like dick joke funny. Yeah. You know, it's a totally and but he but Gene Wilder also can be dick yeah. joke and funny too. And there are too. several dick jokes. And, and so it, it's <laughs> that balance of like a more like nuance takes itself seriously yeah. kind of comedy from from more intricate moments to also the dick jokes yeah and it, it, we almost never have movies that are both of those like yeah. it's always like you know like super bad humor or i don't know what would be like the opposite of super bad in the comedy world but um definitely this movie has some good comedic nuance and gene wilder is so 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 good he, he really made the movie worth watching to me I don't I don't know if I'd probably ever rewatch this movie I really don't I, I don't I didn't love it enough I, I thought it was like funny and like fun and I'm glad I watched it but mm. like this is not gonna be remembered as one of my favorite movies and not like super like oh you have to watch Young Frankenstein my friend I told oh my friend Alex who also said she listened to the podcast yeah Shout out to Alex. Shout out to Alex. Um, Alex, Cosmo, and Kyle, if you're listening to this, (laughs) OG friends. Um, But she was like, oh, yeah, like, it's so funny. And um, she she was really hyped on the fact that we were watching this movie for this week. See, I grew up on this film, and I've also listened to the musical, which was written by Mel Brooks. So I... I, I have a place in my heart. You have a sentimental yeah, connection to my this. My dad loves this movie. He thinks it's the best. So I, 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 I would say, like, it's not my favorite movie of all time, but, like, I really enjoy the movie. And I'll if it's on the TV, I will watch it. And I will appreciate the comedy that it, it brings to the table. So switching over, do you have anything, like, specifically that you wanted to add about, like, technical or, like, I don't know, 
cool stuff no, that you liked I mean, about it? I, I generally, I don't, I don't have, like, I, I wish I had more, like, fun facts about this movie like I do about <laughs> Star Wars. Um, sorry to disappoint. Get ready for our Star Wars episode before the new episode <laughs> comes Although, out. May 4th, it did just pass us That's yesterday true. was, true. uh, may the 4th be with you. Okay, so if you, if you don't have anything, um, I do want to say how okay. this movie is similar to Twilight. Oh my and God. the fact okay, that, uh, there, there's a couple commonalities, like, yeah. You know, both of them the are... The love triangle? Yeah, you got the love triangle aspect. You got s- some creepy pale people. Yes. <laughs> you know? Cold so people. They mention how cold. Cold people. Yeah, you've got so, some monsters struggling yeah. to find love and feeling right. misunderstood. Right. Um, so, so I would say um, Twilight really has... Yeah. I can uh, see the similarities there. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Yeah. I think, um, who who would Gene Wilder play in Twilight, I though? think he would be... The, the dad. The dad vampire, maybe? Carlisle? Carlisle. I feel like he's... Yeah, I feel like... Mm. If Twilight were being remade in the vein of a, yeah. a comedic parody of that sense. I've, maybe he would be, like, Jacob. <laughs> okay. Maybe he would be... And then the monster would be Edward. Young Frankenstein, Frodrick Frankenstein. Frodrick Frankenstein. He definitely is the ladies' man. And, For sure. And so is the monster, apparently. Okay, so from there, moving on into funny moments. I'm sure you have a, a whole ton of them. But here are, my, here are some of my... I have like four of the top funniest things to me. The running penis gag... Basically, like, always talking about how big, like, the other guy's penis is going to be. Like, the monster's penis. And then in the beginning, when he's talking about the brain, he draws a diagram of the the spinal cord, the pons, and then the two halves of the brain. And it's basically a dick and balls, like, on the blackboard. <laughs> Literally, I was like, oh, so it sets the tone immediately with the dick and balls. I like it. Um... Yeah, so they and then they completely turn the the Schnaufenhauser thing into a plot point when the fiance comes uh-huh. and like it's not like, only they is bring it, it back. Di- yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. This is nuanced comedy. Not only is it like a surface level dick joke, it's like uh, in the plot yeah. dick joke. So and what happens in the movie is um, they so they put the brain of like an abnormal brain yeah. it, on accident into the the monster, which is what happens in the original one. They put a a, a faulty brain into right. the monster, and so um, when the mom Abby, is, Abby normal yeah Abby normal brain into <laughs> the body, and so at the end, basically uh, Gene Wilder uh, Frank Frankenstein. Well, at that point, he embraces it. Right. He's like, it's I am a Frankenstein. Yeah, so when he finally embraces who he is, um, but they, so he transfers his intelligence into the monster. And, half and of his brain. Half of his brain into the monster. But so at the end, um, he and Gene Wilder ends up with the lab assistant and his fiance from the beginning of the movie ends up with the monster and the his original fiance falls in love with the monster because of his giant penis. Right. And so then when they do the brain transfer, the joke at the end is the you know, what the did you assistant. get from him? So what did, yeah, so if you got some of your brains, what did you get from the monster? And then it goes into this musical interlude and they start to fuck and it's, it's implied that uh, he, he so got the, the giant dick from the monster. They exchange. both start singing when they, <laughs> like when they're entered by the penis. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. Uh, what's the song that uh, they play? Oh, 
another thing. It was just like a funny gag, this one. Um, the inspector's eye patch monocle combination. He has an eye patch and then he has a monocle on top of his <laughs> eye patch. And I'm just like, okay, love it. Like you put in a monocle for the class. <laughs> for the class, for the style. It's just like Americans making fun of British people, exactly. I'm pretty sure. Um, and then his mumble voice when he's speaking, and everyone's like, huh? And then he has to say it again. I, I enjoyed that a lot. So another th- another funny thing was the entire showcase scene sequence when where Frankenstein was treating the creature like a show dog. Like he gives him like a treat after making him walk <laughs> forward and backward. Right. And then the entire song and dance number. Again, it combines Gene Wilder's talents. Yeah, Gene of, Wilder does a show dance with yeah. his monster. Like, they're on stage like, half dancing. They literally and, do, like, I don't know, cabaret or whatever. Like, it's a whole rock, thing. Rockettes. I don't know. Like, it just showcases his talents so great. Like, this movie is has everything he does. Acting, singing, comedy. It's like, and dancing, too. Like, he's he's got it all. And, it, really, uh, it really is a um, role made for him. And you know what? He wrote it for him, so that's yeah. probably why. Um, if only Gene Wilder had that sex appeal of the original characters from the 1930s <laughs> movie. Because like oh, they look were at his like, eyes. His eyes are pr- very oh, but, pretty. Well, like he, Gene Wilder was definitely attractive in this movie, which is not something I would normally say. Like, but I did think he like looked like you know like I, I'd get with uh, Mr. Frankenstein. Yeah, but, I think uh, I'd go for that. <laughs> oh, and I think we should mention, did we mention the Frankenstein and then the Igor? Oh, like, yeah, okay. <laughs> One, my favorite moment, which were, we played a clip of earlier, which is the name. So I just thought it was such a hilarious play on words when he meets the hunchback. And he's like, I thought it was like Igor. He's like, no, Igor. And he's like, I thought it was Igor. Well, I thought it was Frederick or Frederick. I thought it was Frederick. He's like, no, it's Frederick. Why isn't it Frederick? Why is he? Well, why is it Frankenstein? And then I love when he's like, like, follow me. And then he goes down the steps with the cane and he hands him the cane and he does it the exact same way, (laughs) like crouched over like a cripple, I think. The, the comedy in this is just, like, it's Three very, Stooges meets, like, modern-day comedy. It's great. It's really great. Um, you're ma- Now, the more we talk about the movie, the more I'm, like, convincing myself I liked it. Ooh! Um, <laughs> wow. What a soundbite that was. That Ooh. little... <laughs> so, for, for these movies, for Frankenstein number one, original Frankenstein... What would you rate it? Would not red box. Good. Would <laughs> you cat. would you watch it if would, it was even on TV? Well, okay. No, I mean red box is like the bottom of the barrel. That's oh. why I give it the oh. first. <laughs> I thought that that was a good thing. I <laughs> mean, red well, boxing okay, it was yes good. And no. I mean, yeah. Okay, I don't know if the bo- the point is I always see red boxes in like trashy places. But <laughs> if I was walking by Blockbuster and I saw this, I would be like. No. I'd be like hard pass. Yeah. I'd be like, I'll go watch The Water Horse. Um, this is like the kind of movie that like, let's say I was having like a bad date and we were watching this movie. I would rather hook up with my date to avoid watching the movie, even if it was a bad date. Or would you than, put like, the movie on through. specifically just to hook up instead of watching the movie? Ooh, clever. Um, no, I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll hook up to any movie. <laughs> I don't need to. I it doesn't matter. To, I don't need to suffer. We don't need trickery. I don't need to suffer to get some D. All right, so I would rate this movie a straight up two. Did not really enjoy it. 
Young Frankenstein. What would you rate Young Frankenstein? Um, definitely Netflix and Chillworthy. Okay. I would rate it a solid 6.5. How many movies have you rated at a 6.5? No, you know what? I actually rate movies pretty high, usually. So, like, I'm trying to... This is, like... It's not a 5 to me, you know? Like, but it's not... It's not a 7. didn't you say other... Oh, wait, no, that's right. You said a seven in other weeks. I've rated movies nines and tens quite a lot. But <laughs> I mean, the, the movies the that only... we're watching are not, like, I, sure. like those high movies. It's like you know we're watching I mean? The Lord of the Rings or uh, The Devil Wears Prada it's or not Legally like we're Blonde. Watching... Or... <laughs> I wouldn't rate Legally Blonde. Don't you dare I love the musical. my girl, I Reese love the musical. Musical is a ten. I'm all about that um, that law school revenge. Anyway, I just... It's the original I'm Kardashian re- revenge body, except with your brain instead of your, your yeah, god. Yeah, it teaches you a better lesson. All right, so now that, we're, now that we've completed the journey, we're through with the movies for this week, uh, dun, let's dun, introduce dun, dun, the dun, movies dun, for dun, next dun, dun, week. Dun, dun, dun. Wait, the theme for next week first. Which is... Woo, woo! One of my favorite themes. And we want it to be known that we are not talking about Harry Potter. Harry Potter is going to be its own separate Completely podcast. Completely its own separate. We might have to watch all of some I, of the movies. I, like, I rewatched all of Harry Potter recently. I'm Like, that's a lot of commitment for the it's podcast. It's not a but... lot of commitment. <laughs> Harry Potter is always worth it. I'm down to rewatch at least a couple of the episodes, or uh, movies, sorry, not episodes. Anyways, we're getting off topic. So, we're going to watch The Witches of Eastwick. Yes. And... and into the Woods. Which dun, is dun, 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 dun. a Tim Burton film. Another one. With Johnny Depp in it. And Another one. Woo-woo. We're just going to keep up with these random Tim Burton, Johnny Depp movies as they I don't know. I don't know how random. we do it. I don't know how we do it. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, there's a lot of different... Uh, he's he's dabbled in a, a ton of genres. Tim so. Burton has really made his rounds in the nerdy, like, kind of monster yeah. realm. So this is not the... F- la- well, it already isn't the first, and it definitely won't be the last time we watch a Johnny Correct. Depp Burton movie. Um, this is getting away from me. So, you guys know our ratings. You guys know what we think of the movies let us know what you guys think of the movies and like comment subscribe